right, folks, welcome back to another installment of the Slaymaker Success Talks, where we dissect and interview people who have been successful in various facets of their lives in all different genres, all different occupations, and personal lives. Our guest this week is the one and only Matt Reineker. He has quite the background, his personal professional background, educated from University of Richmond, has his law degree, his MBA, founded his own company in Assurist. More importantly, more impressively, is his personal accomplishments. He is an obstacle course runner, multiple, multiple times. I don't think multiple even begins to cover how many obstacle races he has ran. He has completed multiple marathons, and even more impressively, is the fact that he is an Ironman triathlete. So, Matt, if there's anything that I missed, please feel free to add. Yeah, that sounds great. Thank you. Yeah, absolutely. I try to try to give credit where credit is due. So how are you doing today? Good, good. Doing very well. How about you? Oh, I can't complain too much. I'm very excited for this interview. I'm glad we could finally get together to do it. Me too. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Well, I guess uh, if, if it's okay with you, we'll just jump right in. Sure. Awesome. So Matt, why don't you tell us a little bit about your background from, you know, a brief overview of your upbringing, educational background. We can start with that. Okay. All right. Well, I grew up in uh, Lancaster, Pennsylvania, home of the Amish. I went to University of Richmond for undergrad and uh, I loved the area. I loved the school. I wound up staying for law school and business school. Went out, started practicing law for a few years. Um, I started off in real estate law, actually, and, and um, eventually made my way to estate planning, which I kind of gravitate towards. It felt like a better fit for me personally. Um, I, I was working with a firm um, probably two, I don't know, five, like five or, it was a while ago. Anyway, anyway. Um, and it seemed like a lot of the people that needed estate planning the most were the oftentimes the least likely to get it. It might be parents who had children and were super busy. They just wanted something simple to put something in place to protect their children. Um, and it's, it seemed like they wanted a will and some estate planning done. It was really just a matter of time. And so I kind of had the idea that like, if I went to them, if I created a mobile firm, maybe met them in the evenings, kind of off hours, they might be able to provide a service in a way that worked for them. And so that's what I started doing. That's kind of why I formed Assurist. And uh, I've been doing it ever since. It's been going really well. I'm very lucky. Very nice. I'm sure that, uh, the coronavirus pandemic has helped in the whole mobility platform. It's yeah, you know, it's, it's interesting. It's funny you say that I, I have said that um, I start off as a mobile firm, but obviously me, you know, a stranger showing up at people's homes for conversations a little less popular now than it was uh, in February. So I have switched to a little bit more of a virtual firm. So now I have initial meetings over the phone over zoom conference. And, uh, My favorite statement adapt and overcome. What's that? Yeah, yeah. I mean, I, really, like I think, um, I think the coronavirus has, has caused a lot of shakeup and, and obviously it goes without saying a lot of negative um, consequences for people, but obvious, but there's been some opportunities there too, I think. And so if you can adapt and change to changing circumstances, that's going to hopefully cause some success moving forward. And that's nice. what Matt, what? To do, and hopefully that's been going well so far. When you made the decision to go after your law degree, what, what, what played into that? Why'd you decide to go into law? You know, that's a really good question. I, I, I wanted, 
I was drawn to the law for a couple different reasons. It was, you know, it's, 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 it's kind of like, um, I don't even know how to describe it, like an intensity of thought or of reasoning that I thought was appealing. Seems to challenge. Yeah, exactly. Um, um, and I did, I did the MBA with it too, to kind of honestly, to sort of cover my bases. I, you know, I went into law school. I was, I was drawn to it. I liked it, but I was, I still wasn't entirely sure what I wanted to do. And I thought that this would um, provide a, a good background for a lot of different things. Um, and honestly, that's, that's kind of been the case. I mean, you know, I feel like I've been lucky to be able now to use both of those. Um, I have a, I have my own law firm, but having my own business, there's a lot of um, business principles that I learned at business school and getting the MBA that, that are still relevant. Very nice. Not yeah. a, not a bad reason at all. I can, I can assure you. Thank you. Yeah. It's, I mean, honestly, it's been a great combination of both. Yeah. It, it's, you know, we, I have had conversations with a few other attorneys, uh, obviously outside of the Slaymaker Success Talks, and we're in this environment now where, uh, obviously, absolutely no offense to you whatsoever, but it seems like law degrees are becoming the the trend degree for those that go to grad and post grad. Really? And it's, yeah, it seems like that MBA JD dual program is is very very popular. So it's interesting that you got it before all the rage and you've managed to make something out of it. That's incredible. <laughs> yes. Well, that, I guess that was part of my thinking too, that uh, it would be something to set me apart from other law school graduates. Very nice, very nice. Matt, I know outside of, of uh, your education and your personal and professional life, um, you like to travel, am I correct? Mm -hmm. Yep. Very nice. Any, how many countries have you been to? See if you have me beat. I don't know, that's a good question. Maybe one of the, the one of the more unique places was Antarctica. Ah. So that was a trip I took with my father a couple months ago. Well, uh, almost a year ago, I guess. Yeah. That Antarctica is quite. It's it's on my bucket list. Is it Antarctica? Yes. Yeah. Yes. Australia is my top. I've, I've Australia is hands down the favorite place I've been. Uh, why? So why Australia? Um. Well, the the one thing I I did most of my traveling when I was in the Navy. Um. So I was able to visit country after country after country, and I started to really get a feel and an affinity for how people are outside of the United States, the mm -hmm. cultures, everything like that. So I found that every country was very unique, obviously. I'm sure that goes out saying for all of our listeners who travel. Um, but <clears throat> the Middle East surprised me how amazing the people there were, but the most surprising was Australia. It was the most incredible experience of my life. We spent probably about a week in port uh, and I stayed out all of that entire week at a real nice hotel, but interacted with a lot of the locals. I took a didgeridoo class with some Aboriginal folk. Which, really? Yes. Yes. Much to the chagrin of my wife who cannot stand. <laughs> Wait, do you have a didgeridoo? I don't think I, I do have a didgeridoo. Actually, when the pandemic hit, my beautiful mother-in-law saw a post about me wanting to get another didgeridoo and she had absolutely no clue what it was, but she got me one. I, wow. I came home and there was a huge box on my porch, real long and thin. And I'm like, what is, what is this? And as soon as I walk in, my wife, Elizabeth goes, oh no, she did it. <laughs> and I went, 
what do you mean? What, who did what? And she goes, it's from my mom, just to open it. And out I pull the most incredible looking didgeridoo that I've ever owned. Uh, and I play it just about every day. Now, when I say I play it, I can only play like two or three notes, but it's fun. But anyway, back to the, yeah. the incredible people in Australia. Um, everybody was just so incredibly nice yeah. from everywhere we went. And I always tried to find local spots. It, it was just the most welcoming, nice people. Really? And it was just such a great, great experience. I, I loved it. Um, do you have a favorite country you visited? I've been to a lot of different places. I've been to New Zealand and my experience there was was similar, I would say. It's just fantastic. Everybody was so nice. Um, and I took a hiking trip in Nepal uh, oh, wow. a few years ago too, which was also fantastic. It was actually it was actually really lucky timing. It was right around the time that I was starting Assurist. And so you just spend all day uh, walking in these big, beautiful, open, scenic areas. And it, over time, I know this is going to sound weird, but it felt like you could sort of feel your brain changing. Like, you know, you're not like answering texts and looking at a screen all day and responding to things. This sort of like pace slows and you can think like broader, deeper thoughts. And uh, it was really, it was just a really good time to have that right before I started my business. Cause I could think about what I wanted to do and maybe some marketing ideas. And uh, it was, it was great. That was a fantastic experience. Very time. nice. That's that, that feeling that you just described is exactly why I hunt. Really? Yep. Anymore. It's the closest thing I get to travel and solitude. Yeah. I mean, just being outside for extended periods of time, kind of putting electronics away and it, and, it, and it, you know, what was kind of nice is that there weren't, there's no, you know, like reception in the hills of Nepal and, you know, you're on a hike. You're not like stopping to open a laptop every 20 minutes. So yes, it was did great. You, uh, yeah. Did you go to Nepal alone? No, I went with my father there too. Ah, yeah. Sounds like a, a swell guy. <laughs> he certainly is. Yes. We've had some great trips together. Good. Good. That's, that's great. I'm sure our listeners are going to enjoy hearing about that. Um, so let's let's kind of transition into a shorest. What what made you do the make the entrepreneurial jump? It was a it was a couple different things. I um, so I started I started in law and I enjoyed I enjoyed practicing law. I think I was just looking for more independence. So I took some time and worked for a home renovation company in Virginia, and um, I was there. I, I was like working on the houses for a while. And then I was there, uh, did some operations work as their COO. And I liked the, the independence and sort of the feel of, well, I guess like the, the autonomy of being able to make a decision and, and you know, kind of run with it. Absolutely. And I think that was part of the appeal too. There are a lot of things I really enjoy about, about having my own firm, the autonomy, the independence, definitely, definitely chief among those. Is there stuff you, trying to think of how to word this. Is there stuff you miss about having a boss? Or perhaps? Uh, yeah, I mean, honestly, yeah, I, I, it's, it's funny. Sometimes, you know, it sounds nice, but if you, if you wake up not feeling well and you don't want to go to work, you don't have to. And that sounds great when, when it's your company, but it's also a downside. You know, you, you, um, I, I would, I like having somebody nearby 
who is an expert who you could like run ideas by and, and kind of brainstorm some things with. And um, my girlfriend, Caitlin talks, she has like regular meetings with her boss, sounds great. And is just like a mentor to her. And I have mentors who, who are fantastic and taught me a lot, but to have that sort of convenient access that like daily exposure to somebody who could just teach you so much. I miss that a lot. That that is a great great talking point. By the way, that's that's something that at the Slaymaker Success Talks and the Slaymaker Method in general, I preach is hmm. having mentorship. Um, I've got quite a few. Obviously, you have been one of them for the past couple of years. Um, it's just having that brain to pick, having that that person to guide you, or even you yeah. know help mold you a little bit is imperative. And like I said, that's something that I do for my consulting work too, is I do COO coaching, executive coaching. Okay. Um, so that's an excellent, excellent point. Who are some of your mentors? Oh, uh, probably the first in the law. I mean, outside my family, obviously I've learned a lot from everyone, my parents, my brother, sister, everybody's. Um, but I guess in more, if you're talking about more of like a professional mentor mm-hmm. who quickly come to mind. First is J.B. Birch. I probably mentioned J.B. too several times, but... I, yes, I've had conversations with J.B. Oh, yeah, that's right. Okay, yeah. He's fantastic. He, um, I started working with him my uh, early on in law school and worked with him over the summers and talked to... It's, it's actually funny you ask about mentors because I'm seeing or communicating with both of them today. So it's, it's uh, very coincidental. But he, he has just taught me a lot about the practice of law, a lot about negotiation too. And the idea that if you kind of position yourself as antagonistic or an antagonist, I don't know if that's a big word, to somebody that, you know, that's kind of how the negotiation is gonna go. He, I, I have seen him in negotiations position himself and the other person as being on the same team and trying to solve this outside problem. Like it's not me versus you, it's me and you against this problem that we both have. Even in, a, even in a clear situation, even like a courtroom situation where it's you know two opposing counsels, he's, he's so good at kind of getting people on the same side. And um, that's been great. I, I'd like steal things he'd said to me on like a daily basis to use a good <laughs> point. You know, you know, I mean, it's, and it's also just a good mental reminder too that like whoever this person is you're, you're talking to, they're probably they, like, they're not against you. They're not trying to like make your life difficult. They have things they're trying to accomplish and you have things you're trying to accomplish and you're probably interacting because those things interact like it's the same thing. Um, that's, that's helped me a lot too. I have a temper sometimes. And so being able to uh, uh, like calm down and remember like we're on the same team here, that can be very helpful. Yeah, um, that's another mental Virginia Grigg has been helpful on like estate planning specifically. She has practiced for a long time. She's very knowledgeable, very experienced. Um, and I just, I will meet with her on occasion and say like, what do you do about this? What about this? What, um, you know, what would you do in this type of situation? And she just always has really great practical advice. Really, really good, good stuff to use, She's fantastic. Yeah, that's, that's another, I mean, so far you're, you've been a wealth of, of perfect little tidbits here for our listeners and viewers. What's that? Um, what, what'd you say? I'm sorry. No, I, I said, uh, I, I said so, so far you've been a wealth of, hmm. of knowledge and, and tidbits of information and we're only a few minutes in. So that's oh, nice. <laughs> we're, doing, we're doing good here. Um, 
so usually right now on the interview is when I would start talking more about how you define success, but I don't think we've really hit the most incredible part about your story or journey. Okay. Um, so we're going to go into what I have always been just 100% blown away by um, is one, your fitness level, your obstacle races, your marathons, everything. Um, somebody that you know, as somebody who was very, well, at one point was very fit. Um, I'll blame, uh, I'll blame my own cooking and maybe my mother-in-law's cooking for the reason <laughs> that I'm not, but, um, you know, I, I, I was very fit. I was very into exercise. I was fighting. I was in MMA, jujitsu. Yeah. Um, but none of that comes close to the accomplishments that you have done on what I can see as a weekly basis at some, at most points. Um, so let's start with the, the obstacle races. Do you have a number on how many you've completed? I've done, um, I've done a couple different ones. I think it was like nine Tough Mudders and... Oh my God. I think like five marathons, a half Ironman, Ironman. I think I've done... Uh, we had signed up for Spartan that we were going to do, but Corona got in the way. And what's the other one? A couple of Rugged Maniacs. Uh, just a bunch. Just a bunch. A cup, yeah. What, yeah. How'd you get into it? How, what, what made you decide to go the obstacle route? I heard about a Tough Mudder in, I don't know when it was. It was when they were still like kind of growing, getting off the ground, sort of in the early stages. And as soon as I heard about it, I just thought that sounds incredible. Like what I just, I, I got to try this. This sounds amazing. And uh, I think I wound up doing one that year or the next year and really enjoyed it. It's, I had done some, road races too. I think I'd done a couple marathons by that point. And I like the change in scenery and activity. I mean, training for training for a marathon is a lot of work. And to be honest, one of the challenges for me was that it just gets boring. You're just running. You're just running all the time. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? I mean, these training plans I had done were maybe like five or six days a week of running. And so obviously that's a big component to the Tough Mudder, but it, there's more to it than that. And so that's what I like a little bit of variety, some like strength training, some other, other. Types. Absolutely. I think one of the more interesting stories I've heard of you is that you've ran one tough mutter and then continued to run it again that same day or. or yeah. I've done that a couple of times where I like do it once and finish and then do it again. I've wanted to do a triple. I have not, uh, not checked that one off the, the life list just yet. Oh, you're slacking. So I, I know I got to, I got to train for a triple. One of the challenges of doing a triple though, is really just the logistics because they are only, uh, like they don't operate the races for 24 hours. So you'd have to get there early, run it fairly quickly, do the second one fairly quickly, and at least be able to start before the end of the day. So I'm going to, I'm going to play devil's advocate here. Have you thought about, or even contemplated going the like the world route they do like the... I, at one point i thought about it when i was in much better shape um <clears throat> but but not really since then and haven't really just just for our viewers uh knowledge matt's matt's barometer for shape is probably uh his much better shape or the shape that he claims he's in now is probably incredibly incredibly fit for the most of us so keep keep that in mind <laughs> i've been slacking not too much recently fortunately i need to get back on a better routine I, I wake up every morning thinking i'm going to work out then i get to the fridge and i'm like ah I'm <laughs> yeah i'll do that tomorrow so 
let's go the let's go with the big the big one, the Iron Man. Yeah. Okay. What, what brought that on? I know when you and I um, really first started connecting was probably right around the time when you ran your Iron Man. Oh, what the, okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. In fact, I'm almost positive that was it. Actually, I don't think it, we even spoke at that point, but I knew of you. Oh, okay. All right. So what? What brought the Iron Man on? Just something you always wanted to do? Yeah, just just again, like kind of I had heard about it and I just thought it sounded unbelievable. Like I almost couldn't wrap my head around how far that was. I mean, I think the first time I heard about a marathon, it just seemed like a ridiculously long distance to run. Like, oh, 26.2 miles, why not make it a thousand miles? Like nobody could do that regardless, who, who cares? <laughs> um, but then the Ironman, all that, and then you end with the marathon. I, I was drawn to it too, because I think at one point I had sort of like a theory that, that anybody could train just about, like, I, I don't want to be too, too broad here, but, but like, I, I guess my kind of thinking was that like, just about anybody could train and do a marathon. But I thought there might be a, like a limit, like maybe an Ironman was just past what most people could do. Like, like, like maybe a lot of people would just train for it and not be able to do it because it was so far outside what like a normal human can do. But having gone through it, I can tell you that is completely wrong. It is, it is just like everything else. It's the training is exactly like everything. There's just more of it. So now I am like having done it, I'm completely convinced that anybody, if they just train, could complete it. Wait, like how you threw in if they just train. I'm sitting here going, uh, maybe. <laughs> yeah, well, I mean, if they just train, that's, and honestly, that's the hard part. The race itself was, was great. It was like a fun experience. The training is what's difficult. There's no, you know, you do the race, you get a medal at the end, everyone's cheering for you, but there's no glory on like a Tuesday morning going for a run in the rain. You just kind of have to get up and slog through it and do it even if you don't feel like it. That's, that's the hard part. What what all did your Ironman consist of? Like what is the, what are the distances? Yeah, yeah, there we go. Ooh. It's uh, you start with a 2.4 mile swim and then a 112 mile bike ride and then you end with a marathon. Good Lord. Do you have yep. any, um, do you have any long-term goals coming up for, for racing or you just kind of taking it a day at a time? Yeah, not, not any right now. I, I may do another Ironman, but honestly, the fact that the first one went so well is almost like a deterrent. Like, I feel like I did, I had a great experience. Like why? Um, and maybe it's at some point when they start back up, I'd like to do more obstacle course races, but I'm not really training for anything right now. Maybe in, maybe in 2021, I'll have to look for something. Yeah, well, we're gonna have, that's coming up. Yeah. Are you, are you thinking about anything? Food mostly. What's that? Food mostly. I mean, any, uh, any like training or, uh, races? Or... I, I'm very, very close to getting back into jujitsu and MMA. Okay. Um, I'm obviously well past my prime as far as, you know, competing in the cage or anything like that. But I, I really, really have been toying with the idea lately of going back to the gym with, with, you know, Brazilian jiu-jitsu and, and starting that back up. Cause I, I had a blast. I, I really did. It was, I started it just for the hell of it. Um, and up until that point I had 
many, many years of experience with, um, you know, we'll say martial arts. I did 14 years of karate, um, boxing, kickboxing, a little bit of judo. Uh, I started wrestling in high school. I still wrestle uh, when I can. Okay. Uh, I think now I'm caught up on 17 years with wrestling. Um, but I, I got into jujitsu cause I was bored. I was working a job that I absolutely hated and it provided me with two weeks off a month straight, which sounds really nice, but it sucked. Uh, um, so I, I got into the gym and I, I managed to get linked up with still to this day, probably the best gym in central Pennsylvania, as far as the fighters that it's produced. Wow the level of coaching that it's produced. It's just a phenomenal, phenomenal gym. Um, but I, I was training for a fight and then broke my leg during training. Okay. Uh, when I say broke, I mean, straight through tib fib, the Ooh. out, the outside of my left ankle was on the outside of my left knee. It was folded completely in half. Oh yeah. It was not a fun experience. No. Um, I felt no pain until they put me on the stretcher because they had to unfold my leg. Oh. At, at that point, I was like, oh, yeah, I'm hurt. Oh, there it is. Real bad here. Jeez. Uh, but after that, you know, I kind of lost the spark. I, I, said that with, I mean, I imagine that kind of make you a little gun shy after that of. Uh... It, it was, a, it, that's a weird, a good question. Um, not, not so much gun shy. Uh, I just. I mean, my parents were sitting in the hospital before my surgery the next day, and I was there with uh, a now a retired surgeon, Dr. Westfall. Uh, locally, he's just a, a legend when it comes to broken bones and stuff. And my parents are sitting in there and even hopped up on, I think, it was, I know, morphine or whatever it was. Um, I said, Doc, I have a question before we start the surgery, and my mom knew immediately immediately she's shaking her head telling me no and I said when can I start training again and I said well as soon as you feel you can put pressure on it and you can do it you can train okay so, I mean that was my goal I wanted to get back in the gym I didn't want to yeah. make steps uh, and then it came to where I got back in the gym and I'll never forget it it was we were we, the gym held a seminar with uh, Phil and Ricky Miglia Reese who are the founders and owners of team balance in philadelphia and for any of our listeners here that follow the sport uh phil and ricky are legends they have put out world champion ufc fighters multiple time world champion brazilian jiu-jitsu grapplers um so i was really excited but i got somebody in my guard and i realized that i didn't have the strength to hold my guard like i used to and that just broke my spirit yeah um and that's when I kind of just fell to the wayside. But now I, I keep watching the sport. I keep thinking about it. And I'm like, I really need to get back into it. So we'll see. It's all going to be dependent on if the wife lets me. <laughs> uh, tough self. Yeah, we'll see. We'll see. Uh, so, Matt, I think now we can kind of transition into the whole success definition. I mean, how we have a good background of, of, you know, you started a shortest law degree, the MBA, the ridiculous amounts of, of races. How do you define success? I don't know. I mean, that's a good question. I am um, success. 
I think it's, I mean, I guess, first of all, I think it's different for everybody. I think maybe just performing, choosing what is important to you and then performing at a high level or at a- Very good. A, um, you know, I mean, you could have success in a relationship that we wouldn't really be performing, but maybe just, I guess, like accomplishing your goals and objectives in whatever. I like it. I, I think, I think that that's another good little bit of a segue there when you said, you know, thinking about where you want to succeed or, or what goal you have or something that you're passionate about and and succeed or not so much succeeding, but just performing at a high level, because we all know that sometimes some goals just aren't going to be attainable, no matter how hard you work, there's going to be roadblocks put in place, um, you know, circumstances outside of your control. So it, I think that's a very, very, very good point, just because you're not, you know, say somebody comes right out of the gate, and, oh, I want to run a marathon, and they train for a week and then try it. You know, it's not that they didn't succeed, they train their ass off for that week. So I, I think it's a good, uh, a very good point. Nice. I guess too, like defining which, what areas are important to you too. Yeah. Um, you know, if it's not important to you to run a marathon, then running a marathon wouldn't be a successful endeavor for you. Agreed. Agreed. Very, very much agreed. That's, that's great. So Matt, obviously you have been wildly successful in, in many different facets. Um, Thank you. Well, I still have a, I have a long way to go. <laughs> yeah, well, well, we're gonna get to your. Uh, yeah, it's on my question list. Good. Yeah, we'll we'll get this. We'll we'll see just how far you want to go here in a little bit. Um, <laughs> let's talk about how you maintain that success, though. How how have you managed to to maintain success in all these different facets throughout you know the past 15, 20, 25 years? I think a lot of it comes down to, first of all, knowing, I guess, knowing what you feel is important, like knowing what success looks like to you. And then for me, I've tried to put some structure in place to make habits repeatable um, and to just do on a daily or weekly basis the things I need to do. I think, I think like, for example, motivation gets kind of a, it gets kind of overblown in the scheme of things or its role in success. I think it's really good to get you started, but you can't really rely on motivation and being excited to do something to, to get you through everything. Like for, like when I was training, for example, most of the workouts I did, I wasn't excited to do, but it's just a matter of kind of doing them. Anyway, doing stuff that you don't always feel like doing, and you can make that easier on yourself. If you make a habit out of it, you do it at the same time, you kind of make it easy to do it, that type of thing. So I think, I think that's sort of like planning and making the good behaviors easy and the difficult behaviors difficult has, um, has helped. That's, that's perfect. Uh, we're, we're coming up on the close here. It looks like we did manage to get this into, uh, into one shot here. So that's another success. All right. <laughs> before, before I finish up here with these last couple of questions though, you mentioned about having routines and, and planning. Yeah. What does that look like for you? I, I know for me, I use an app because I'm so scatterbrained with three kids and a wife. Um, I use Todoist. So it's it's an online Todoist, T-O-D-O-I-S-T. 
Oh, okay. Uh, it's, it has been a phenomenal help with productivity and making sure I'm getting everything done in the day that I have to. It's, it's a phenomenal app. But yes. how do you plan for your day? Like what, talk a little bit about those routines that you just talked about. Yeah, well, what, I mean, one of the first things I do is like every, every day you plan out the day. Like take some time. I like to kind of start the morning with a plan for the day. Um, and some people like to do it the day in advance. I did that for a while too. I think that also works really well, but I, I sort of like to think about the day. And um, one of the questions I heard as a suggestion was to look at your day and ask yourself, if I was gonna live this day for the second time, what mistakes would I fix this time through? Very yeah, which I thought was kind of interesting. You sort of like look at your day and think, okay, what if, if, if it were the second time, how would I make this day better? And that, that helps. You sort of look at different parts of your day and you might say, okay, these two meetings are a little close and I need to prep for this one. Or I've got like this wide expanse of time here. Um, I need to plan to do something with that time and not sort of like let it slip away. Um, so that's been helpful, just planning the day and make a list of everything. It's been, it's been good to keep focused, get some things done. Awesome. So what you, you mentioned, you still have a long way to go. Yeah. Let's hear it. What do you want to do? What do you want to get done? Oh man, that's a great question. I, a lot. I just, um, I don't want to, I don't want to wind up being like complacent. You know, I don't, I don't want to be, I don't want to be like 80 years old talking about the Iron Man I did when I was 34 or whatever. Like I just, I, I need to keep setting goals and keep keep growing as a person and as a firm too. I've, I've um, I spent several years growing the firm and building a network. And ultimately what I'd like to do is franchise it or replicate it or, or hire people because I have a surist that's located in Richmond, um, but why can't we have an surist in Washington DC or in Virginia Beach or in Charlotte, like all over the place. And so what I'd like to do is standardize a lot of the things I, I do, um, the communication, just like everything and, and put it into a package so that I could teach someone else to do it or present it to them in um, like, a, um, a, like a manual and operating manual and then say, okay, here you go. Here's how you do it. You set it up here, here, here and grow. And like, I think that would be a great way to grow. And that's been a challenge for me. I've gotten kind of comfortable with assurance being a one person operation, but I, if, if that's what I ultimately want, I need to take some steps and, and start putting that in place. That's, that's a great idea. I mean, as, Thanks. as somebody who has utilized uh, Asuris services for uh, a will, which by the way, we got to update soon. Now, <laughs> yeah, that's right, well, I'll, I'll follow up. Now, now that another little one is here. <laughs> Perfect, Perfect. That's, that's great. Well, that's, I'm anxious to see what the future holds for you. It's gonna be good. Um, so I guess last but not least, Matt, what advice do you have for people who, you know, want to achieve success? And that could be any, any level of success or any facet. What advice do I have? Um, that's a really good question too. I don't know if, I don't know if this is the best advice, but for some reason this, this popped into my head. One of the things that prompted me that doing an Ironman was always on my list of things that I wanted to do. It was sort of always out there as like, Someday I'm gonna do this. And uh, it, was, it was at work one day 
we were just having a like, conversation and somebody said, what would you do with your life if you had a year to live? Which I think is a much better question than what would you do if you had a day to live? Because <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, what am I gonna do with 24 hours? It's kind of, um, I don't know. Like you can't really answer that as well. But if you say, all right, if I only had a year to live, what would I do? That's I think more interesting because you can really kind of get at what's important to you and what your values are and sort of what, um, what has meaning to you. And for some reason, when they asked that, I thought to myself, like, I think I would finally like train and see if I could do an Ironman. Like I just, uh, at the time it was just like really important to me and it was always something I'd been putting off. And so I think that might be a good place to start to figure out what's, what's important or what, how somebody defines success. Like, what well, you know, if you got a year to live. What would you do with it? How would you spend your time? That is excellent. What's that? That's excellent. Thanks. Yeah. I just, I just remember think that was a really interesting question. Yeah. That's, that's a great, I, that's great. I have all my listeners hear that and just say, Oh, that might be a way to do it. That's, that, that's great. You know, prioritize, figure out, you know, the stuff you absolutely want to do and put in the work necessary and go for it. So Matt, last but not least. Oh, that was a joke question that I had written down. Which one? The, uh, <laughs> I don't feel it's living not easy. Such a the answer to that question is it's not easy. <laughs> <laughs> I understand. I understand. I, I cast a big shadow. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. So let's, if there's anything you want to plug. Yes. There's a business in Lancaster called Positively Imperfect Parenting. That is fantastic. Their, their president is super knowledgeable, very um friendly and accessible. She works great with parents, works awesome with kids. And so she's fantastic. And uh, the company is, it's going to be huge. Absolutely. And, and to help you out, I will link to the Positively Imperfect Parenting page in the show notes. Oh, great. For listeners awesome. and viewers to make sure that we send some traffic the right way. So Matt, on that note, I greatly appreciate you taking the time to speak with us today. This has been an incredible Slaymaker success talk. My pleasure. Thanks very much, Kyle. Yeah, really enjoyed speaking with you and let me know if there's anything you need. Absolutely. Take care, bud. All right. Thanks. You too.